Hi, this is Mark. And this is Francois doing the Daily Ride podcast for September 10th, 2011. And even though it's pronounced Frankenstein, Frankenstein, we're still putting the commute in commuter entertainment. All right, after much ado, we're back on. Was it much ado about something? It was much ado about me not being able to get the fucking thing plugged in. Ah, I see. <laughs> So, uh, quite an eventful weekend. Yeah. Fucking A. Uh, and while we were uh, busying ourselves with our petty concerns, I don't know if you noticed this, World War Three started. Did it? No. Just making that up. Oh. Just wanted to see if you were paying attention. I was sort of paying attention. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. You really get wrapped up in your own world <laughs> for a little while and shit can just happen. Yeah, you just totally forget about what's going on. Um. Uh, yeah, that was fun, though. I mean, as uh, weddings go. Oh, it was a lovely wedding. Yeah, it was nice. Up until the moment the bride did a keg stand. Yeah, then no, it got. No. T- <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but she did. <laughs> it was still still classy. I was talking. <laughs> still classy. <laughs> Come ta- on. I was talking to her about it afterwards. She, she had someone hold her dress up. Yes, she did. Yeah. Uh, But she said uh, she was more concerned about uh, uh, her boobs falling out of the top of her dress than... uh, (laughs) Than the dress falling down? Than than drinking. Oh, really? She said, oh, no, the dress falling down, that's no problem. Yeah, you don't want to have, like, a Janet Jackson moment. No, exactly, a wardrobe malfunction. Uh, Which wouldn't technically be the case because the wardrobe was not uh, designed to function upside down. That's true. That's not, yeah, that's right. That's not a malfunction. That's an improper use Uh, (laughs) of the wardrobe. But it was really nice. Yes. And, uh. Very pretty. I got to be the best man at my little brother's wedding. And it was not, uh. It was not long. You know those long weddings? Yeah, Hate yeah. the long weddings. Well, isn't it like a Catholic wedding, like super long? Catholic weddings are super long. I'm sure there's other ones that are super long. Yeah. I've I've been to some super long Jewish weddings. Yeah, they can be yeah. super long. Super long. Super long. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I'm, I think Rachel and I are trying to keep our, uh, our vows as short as possible. Super short? Yeah. I mean, you're going to be like, do you... And I'm gonna be like, yeah. She's gonna be like, D-, and you're gonna be like, do you? And she's gonna be like, yeah. And uh, then I think we break a glass and we're done. <laughs> now, did he break a glass on someone, or uh, no one? It, no dep- one's injured in the breaking of the glass. Depends right? how I feel at the moment. <laughs> Some little snot-nosed kid who's been. I figure. Uh, the I figure ceremony. I'll break it on Rachel. You know, because like <laughs> I think if I could do like the worst possible, you know, like one of the worst possible things you could do to it's someone on the wedding, there. it's uphill from there. Mm-hmm. Everything I do seems like gold, because uh, no matter how shitty I get, I could just be like, hey, 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 hey remember that I time I broke the glass on your head? I could be smashing. I could a be glass doing that. Yeah. I could be doing that all the time. You uh, wouldn't even know. So I'm, uh, I'm uh, knee deep in Mad Men. Yeah. And I'm not. Uh, 
It's funny. I got uh, I'm not re- grabbing you anymore. Uh, no, it's it still grabs me in a funny way. I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> it grabs you yeah. in a funny way. <laughs> yeah, like a man I used you to know. You should probably tell an adult. <laughs> like a teacher I used to know in high school. Yeah. Uh, no, it it, it uh, interests me in a in a in a funny way. Okay. I I think it's it could be the period aspect of it. Sure. That's grabbing me. Yeah. Uh, because the characters, they are not lovable. No, none of them. I feel like the biggest mistake that show made was not making, like, Don Draper the one shining, (laughs) you know? No, Don Draper could be flawed. No, but he can't. He's the main fucking character. You want him to succeed, and yet he keeps doing all these shitty things. You know? That is Why couldn't he just be, like, the one guy in a sea of, like, f- fucking dishonesty or, and or cheating could, or, and corruption? Or couldn't he, like, learn some little lessons as he goes along to improve his behavior? Right. Yeah, either one would be really nice right about now. Yeah, I'm okay with that. But I need... I wish... I. It'd be nice if there was one character in there. You know who's shaping up as the one character? Pete? Campbell? No. That guy's a jackass. Uh, I was just going to say that would have surprised me. You're no. farther ahead than I am right now. Oh, okay. Uh, Duck. Duck, right. Is he really? Yeah. Surprisingly, he's shaping up as like a stand-up guy. Really? Uh, something's got to be really wrong with him, though. He kills people or something. <laughs> uh, he's really a woman. Yeah. Yeah, I I know what you mean. Something's up with him. Cops right up ahead. How come my uh? Because their radar's not on. Oh, okay. I go with whatever I see first. Because you don't want that. Well, I was busy adjusting the temperature of the cabin. Yep. For your comfort. You are catching up to him though, so. Well, um, yeah, you're going five am, miles over yeah, the speed yeah, limit. Yeah, good point. Good point. I think I'll slow that baby down. Yep. Think you ought. Except we gotta damn well get to work. What, what's he doing in the speed-free zone? Uh, I'm not quite sure. Uh, hopefully he'll turn off somewhere. I can't go 50. It's too slow. You're fighting your body's every urge. I, I am. I, I have to. I, I should set it to cruise control and take my foot out of the equation. You probably should. Although he's going unnaturally slow. Well, 50, that's the speed limit here. No, I know, but he I, I think he's going like uh I think he's going like 40. Well, he's getting ready to turn now, which is good. Awesome. But I've already set my cruise control. Okay. Now I will resume my 50. Oh, he's on patrol. Yeah, son of a bitch. Yep. So uh, we need to warn folks. All right, there you go. I've warned that guy in case he didn't see. But isn't Duck the same douchebag who, like, made them drop their commitment to their airline? I think I just warned a cop. What? I think I just warned a cop. No. Really? (laughs) They'll pull you over for that. Why, for flashing my lights? Yeah. Uh, This one's going... This one's going too slow. That's I don't have to warn her. (laughs) All right. Uh, So, uh, yeah, isn't Duck... Or Duck, the one who uh, 
uh, made them drop their airline to have an attempt at the bigger airline and then fuck that up. Yes. Right. But it's funny that, you know, that's an interesting thing. And, and Draper was pissed off at him. Yeah. Uh, however... I felt like Draper was taking the moral high ground in that one. Uh, yes and no. But he was. I mean, like, they, they he had... He was protecting a... his client who he had a relationship with. Right. Right. And, and... <laughs> but I don't know how... Would he have protected his client? Let's say it had been another guy's client. Yeah. And he had found the American Airlines customer. Would he have protected their client? Well, I feel that he would have because of the the way he was doing it. You know, it wasn't just like, this is my client. It was like, we we had an obligation to this client you know we when i i mean cuz he felt bad cuz when he sold them uh i remember him talking about it he's like when it's I funny can't we're remember. talking about it like it were around the water cooler but it happened a year ago yeah i know that's true <laughs> yeah whatever yeah if you if you're bored just fast forward through until we're talking about i don't know dead cats or whatever uh I think it's like episode eight or something. See now right? we now we gotta now we gotta talk about dead cats right. later. It's it all run together. It's episode eight. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, but you know he was he was talking to the guy and he was like uh, he really sold them on being like a you know a company with integrity you know like we're your men and you know blah blah blah. <laughs> right. You know we won't double cross you. We won't drop you. We won't you know like. We, we don't do uh, things that have conflict of interest. You know, that's why they have to drop them in the first place. Because they're not going to take on two airline companies. Oh, and that's how he had taken on their business to begin with. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. So uh, he, he had to essentially make it, you know, they made him a liar. Right. And he was not. And he didn't want that. Right. But you wonder if he didn't want that because he didn't want to appear the liar or because he wanted you know like he's of such dubious moral character to begin with yeah that i have a hard time you know he made a promise to his wife too that he's fully prepared to (laughs) (laughs) to renege on so i i don't know i just it's hard to that's an interesting thing though like because he's really like shitty to his wife but he's actually pretty good to his kids you know? Right, I think that's a common, uh, a common uh, uh, trait of adulterers. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, they compartmentalize, you know. Right. So it's okay to to boff a girl on the side. Right, but don't uh, don't hit your kids. Don't hit your kids. I don't. I don't know. In the honor among thieves. <laughs> uh, well, uh, but let me, I'm, I'm distracted because I, I'm thinking now about flashing my lights to warn people. Yeah. How far down the road do you do it? Uh, I'd say till the nearest intersection. But what if you're on like the highway? Well, then I'd say you could do it for, I'd give it a mile or two. A couple miles? Yeah, a couple miles. You can travel a couple of miles in two minutes. Right, and that's the thing. is like you're giving them a two-minute gap to slow down. And so that's it? Yeah. All right. I mean, 
I'm not going to be flashing my uh, my lights to people thirty, no, you know, no, like I, thirty I, miles I, down the road. I, I understand. <laughs> I understand. It'd be ridiculous. That's, that's why I'm discussing it. I want to know what the cutoff is. I'm always a little like when you get to that far edge, you're like, do I tell this guy? I told the guy a couple of seconds well, ago. Well, I figure at a certain point he's going to start bumping into the guys who have already who slowed you've down. Warned. Yeah. All right. So yeah, he'll probably be safe. <laughs> probably. Matt, I do not want anyone to get a ticket. I mean, unless you're driving up on the median or mm. drunk out of your mind. And I mean drunk out of your mind. I mean point one two. Point one two is not drunk out of your mind? No, it's not drunk out of your mind, but it's seriously impaired vision for a lot of people. Really? It's, it's tipping the it's tipping the yeah. It's tipping the scales. Right. You get up one point three, you're starting to get impaired vision. Oh, okay. You know, you're 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 becoming impaired. We know that from our own experience, from our own uh, a drinking experiment. Yes, that's true. Uh, we we got up to one, and I could have gotten one a car, and driven home, and driven home. Right. But I wouldn't trust everybody. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So good, you get up to one point, point. You know, point one two. I I think you think I, I that's, that's ticket worthy. Don't lose your license, but it's ticket worthy. Yeah. And uh you get up to point one seven and you're you're too drunk to be driving. Right. Huh. Yeah. I mean I'd say point one seven you're probably I mean point two you're in danger of dying, so <laughs> Really? Uh it's like point two four or something like you that's that's You're pretty much poisoned. That's poisoned. Okay, so I might cut it off a little earlier. But I, but no, I I mean I wouldn't cut it off earlier. I'd still say point one two. You get a ticket, and they tell you to drive right home. Right. Yeah. Like, point like, one two. Like the drive, old days. Drive straight home. <laughs> now listen. You're a little bit drunk. Did you, did you see that part where uh, <laughs> Don Draper gets into the car accident after being drunk? Oh yeah, yeah. He's like, uh, he's like, you're point, uh, you're point one five. That's point oh three over the legal limit or something, which is point one two or something. <laughs> that's and what it used to be. Yeah, and he's like, uh, that's a hundred and fifty dollar fine. Right. You know, and granted, a hundred and fifty dollars was a lot more back then. Yeah, and he wanted him to pay it right then, right? Yep. Or into the drunk tank. Yep. Well, it was either that or yeah, spend a night in the drunk tank. But if he wanted to leave, he had to pay the fine. Uh, yeah, that was that was telling, and that was also it. It was accurate, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's really true. That's that's sort of what it was like. And yep. it's funny, like I'm trying to remember if there were a lot more road fatalities back then. Yeah, and I don't think there were. No, it's probably more now. Well, just because of volume of traffic, you think? Yes. But what about just per? Per car on the road. Uh, I'd say that there's probably more now. I mean, people are. But you would think there would be a decrease with all this. Uh, uh, yeah, you would think that, wouldn't you? <laughs> that would be the common sense. Yeah. Would say, with people backing off on their drinking. Somehow, I don't think common sense enters into this equation. <coughs> uh. There was an interesting road study... This retarded equation. <laughs> there was an interesting road study done at the University of Toronto. Yeah. 
that said, regardless of the posted speed limit, right? people drive the speed they feel safe. Yes. That is true. So... And, and, you know, when you're drunk... I typically drive the speed in which I require to get to a place. You know what I mean? Like, it's weird. Like, if I feel like I have all the time in the world, I'll drive the speed limit. I'll drive, you know, I'll come to... I Not come. me. I drive the speed I feel safe. Well, I, I really dr- do. I, I, I uh, like, up there, you know, it's about safe to do about, you know... No, 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 I just... up there, I usually cruise it at about 60. No, I just, like, if I'm, like, if I am driving from our house to, say, Rachel's parents' house for dinner, we're supposed to meet them at 6.30, we left at 5.45, I got plenty of time to make it there. My pedal doesn't... I'm not driving too fast, I I take my time, Uh, and it's not because, and it's not because, like, I want to obey the speed (laughs) limit or anything, it's just that's what I end up doing, I take the leisurely drive, Mm. you know? And uh, and then of course Rachel always yells at me and gets me to put the gas <laughs> to the floor. Let's get a move on. Yeah. Uh, uh. But I mean, and if I'm in a hurry, I can book. Uh. And I guess if I'm just you know regularly driving, I'll drive you know ten maybe hours over the speed limit. That's usually around ten where hours I hours over the speed limit. Ten miles per hour. Sorry. <laughs> Still early. I haven't finished my coffee. Leave me alone. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, 10 miles per hour over the speed limit yeah, is usually where I have her. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, d- you know, again, I really do. I drive the speed I feel safe. Uh, yeah. Well, if it's posted 50 and I don't feel safe going over 35, you know. You're not cruising along at 50. Right. Right. And that's what people do. They drive the f- speed they feel safe. Right. That they can control the vehicle. Yeah. Um. So it doesn't matter what you post. Where, just speed. as long as you are there. Yes. It doesn't matter what speed limit you post. <laughs> I love how you change your phrasing. To <laughs> 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 fuck with me. All right, come up with one for this one, wise guy. <laughs> no, Francois. It doesn't matter what you wear, just as long as you are there, baby. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I think every guy should grab a girl everywhere around the world. That's right. They'll be dancing in the streets. That is incredibly dangerous, mm. especially with people driving the speed limit. They feel safe, right? Because they're not <laughs> expecting people to be dancing in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> and it all comes back around. <laughs> yeah. So, what were the solutions for that? You can make the lines on the road. Well, what they've done in, in Southern like California at, uh, you know, they've, they've got those, like, on, on Highway 1 that follows the coast. Right. Where James Dean uh, bought it. Right. Uh, and many others, less notable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is they've found that, you know, that there's the spacing of the dotted lines in between the lanes. Right. And they found if they move them closer together right then suddenly you feel like you've sped up and so what happens is is that because people are driving the speed that they feel safe they slow down so they found that they've really reduced uh, accidents there because 
Of it's all about the mind trickery, yeah. eh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's getting people to do what's in their interest without issuing a ticket. Yes. Which I admire them for. Yeah. Uh, and the other things that they do, for example, in towns is they'll put roundabouts instead of stop signs. Oh, sure. Uh, because roundabouts, roundaboots. Because <coughs> you can't get a ticket at a roundabout? No, I mean, I suppose you could if no, you went you the opposite direction. No, you can get a ticket anywhere the cop, anywhere the fascist feels like he wants to whip out his ticket pad. But your left speaker's out, young man. It's a $40 fine. So you can get a ticket anywhere. You know, they've, they've designed hey, it jolly so they well, can... Please. They, they've designed it so that they can pickpocket you, pick your pocket at their leisure. Right. Uh, but what happens is, is it actually reduces what they really claim to be doing, which is looking after the public safety, which is what they're not doing. They're looking after your wallet. Right. Uh, but the roundabouts... Trying to make sure it's nice the and ra- The roundabouts really do look after your public safety because what happens is, is you go into a roundabout, you get... You know, what happens, accidents at stop signs are because somebody runs the stop sign. Right. But at a roundabout, you're expecting somebody to run the what stop the hell? sign. Is, are we picking that all the way up from the Kenny's drugs? Yeah. Ooh, look Can at you get spider. that spider out of That's here? interesting. Uh, here. Hey, diaper. Uh, yeah, it's all your. Oh, that's. I was looking for that the other night. I could not find it. When you left me with your kid for two hours and he had gone all soggy bottomed on me. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> not my idea to stay for two hours, but. While the you guests. You can be sure of that. While the guests waited impatiently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But it was a joyous reunion when we came back and a fine feast. Yes. Uh, All the guests started impatiently tapping their foot (laughs) all at the same time. You know, it's funny, at about. Sounded like a herd buffalo. Thanks for jumping right out in front of me, jackass. I'm going to go with ass jack for this. All right. Uh, It's funny, like, at about the same time, at about the hour mark. Yeah. We all started looking at each other like, now wasn't there, wasn't there a... Somebody asked how far away the place was, and it occurred to me I should have lied. Right. Now, weren't we celebrating something here earlier? (laughs) Was it, now who was that? Uh, It's true. What are we doing here? What's going on? Because, should I just eat more d'oeuvres, or what, like, when are they getting here? Nobody knew what, what was going on. What are they on. doing there? A uh, little. Uh, They're playing some sort of retarded form of horseshoes. <laughs> <laughs> some some like of, beginners some brand. Some sort of green foam blocks yeah. they got set up over there. Yes, that was weird. Uh, it was like if you you bought your little child a horseshoe set, and, but it's, it, and it's extra big. So but they you can guys fly. had no food at all to to eat. Yeah, we were starving. Except we had champagne in the uh, limo, so at least we were drunk and starving. <laughs> uh, yeah, because, I mean, you know, we, at least we had, uh, you know, a chocolate fountain and uh, and Yeah, uh, I didn't get any of cheese. the chocolate. I didn't get any of the chocolate fountain. Shrimp. Yeah. I had maybe two or three shrimp. pieces. I had the last two or three pieces of shrimp. Yeah, that was good. 
Yeah. I ate a bunch of I shrimp. I bet it was. I bet it was. I had a bunch of shrimp. It left me less hungry than I wanted to be, though, when the uh, barbecue brisket arrived. Oh, that was so good. That was delicious. And uh, the, chicken the chicken was, was great. Yeah, the chicken was tasty, yeah. too. And uh, there was some other... The broccoli casserole? I didn't try that. Well, you wouldn't. There was too much other things to eat. Too, <laughs> ma- too many other <laughs> things to, to buy eat. <laughs> for you to, uh, <laughs> to ingest For me to be broccoli. wasting calories yeah. on, uh, on broccoli casserole. Yeah. I'm not big on casseroles to begin with. There's very few casseroles This one was very good. Like. This one was very it, good. You know, it looked very good. That, everything on the thing was delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had actually had it all before because I went with... Kara and Ian when they were checking out the place and they oh, right. they cooked samples of all the food oh, that would yeah, be there. So, yeah, nice. And I tried the broccoli casserole at that time because, you know, when you're in a small setting like that, it seems rude if you pass over a dish. Sure. So I had to try some. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. You know, when it's obvious. Yeah. Like at a, at a buffet, you can just totally pick yeah, what you yeah, like. A little bit of this, a little bit. Of, you know, you fuck can, no to that. That's right, exactly. Like at a buffet. Harder to do. At a buffet with a big long line, you can you can pile, uh, you can just fill your plate with peaches or something. You know, whatever you want to eat at that moment. You can just, yeah. like, that's what you can have. Uh, but when you're in an intimate setting like that, you have to go to, a, well, okay, I'll try a little bit of each Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, Ooh, looks delicious. Yeah. And you know what I've learned? What? And I'll pass this on to you, father to son. Oh, wow. And the listeners to the f- of the Daily Ride. <laughs> Get out your pencils. Yep. Because this is sage advice, really. I'm not kidding. Uh, you're, at a, you're at a dinner right like that where there's lots of things to eat. And you know, you've got to eat, you know. You always, because you're doing that... You want the things that you want, so you put a normal portion on your plate of, say, the brisket, the chicken, the mashed potatoes, and the asparagus. Right. And then you put little bits of the things you don't want, rice pudding, uh, broccoli casserole, and uh, sautéed Brussels sprouts. Sure. So eat those fucking things first. Eat the bad things first? Correct. What? Because by the time you've filled yourself with brisket, yeah, you are not going to want to choke back that Brussels sprout. Oh, okay. So you're saying eat the things you like first. No. What? Eat the things you don't want. Eat the things you've taken little sample bits of. Because oh. you have to eat them anyway. Oh, is this like an anti-waste thing? No, no. This is like an anti-disrespect thing. Because then I don't get to eat as much of the brisket as I want. Trust me. It's... It's the right thing that you will choke back the brisket okay. when you get full. Okay. But you will not choke back that fucking broccoli casserole when you're full. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Right, I'm with you. So you eat that broccoli casserole when you're hungry. So to look polite. And, and you can credibly say, yes, this is the middle of the road, ladies. That's exactly where you are. So you can credibly say, you can credibly say, oh, that was delicious. And you know, because hunger makes the best sauce. Right. So you right. can say, "Oh, that was that was good. That was good." Uh, you you know, broccoli is usually not my favorite, but that was quite tasty. But I ate it all. Mm. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then you can enjoy the rest of your plate. So I you see. just choke back those nasties first. Right. And you've only taken gotcha. little portions of them. Anyway. I feel like you take a risk when you do that because uh, then maybe they'll make broccoli for you the next time. 
No, you you play it down. You don't be like all effusive about it. Oh, okay. You just say, "Oh, that was you know." Usually, I'm not a fan of broccoli, but that was quite nice. Right. And then you go on, or you say nothing about it, and you've just eaten it, and everybody sees it, and you're off the hook. Sure. Let's get to work. Take photographic evidence. Once a lifetime, twice a day. If you don't work, you'll get no pay. I've been to the east, I've been, been to, to the, the west, west but the, the girls are like most of the ones undressed. How's it going? Oh, hello, Adam. How have you been? <laughs> you best stand aside, because I'm a feeling me. Um, so, uh, oh, beat Halo last night. Halo Reach on Legendary. You beat Halo. Yeah. Not, not for the, uh, not for the fainted heart. <laughs> Glad to have your priorities straight. Beat well, Halo. That was the first time I played a video game in <laughs> God knows how long. Nice. Well then, I uh, I salute your accomplishment. Thanks. Yeah, beat it on legendary. Sure. That is some fucked up shit. Is that the single player game? Yeah. Yeah. Then I played some multiplayer for a little while. Got my ass handed to me because I have I'm so out of practice. <laughs> is but it completely different because humans are playing it? Yes. Okay. Like, for instance, it's... They're not predictable anymore. No. In their behavior. Right. Right. It's a funny thing about computer games. They become very predictable. Yeah, even with the AI. I mean, they become a little less predictable with the AI. But they're still pretty predictable. Yeah. You know? I mean, for instance, you learn that... And because the AI is not really AI. It's a set of specific parameters that like create the possibility for a lot of possibilities but not really you know because you know if you behave in a certain way they're going to behave in a certain way right you know i remember with uh, command and conquer i would play that same scenario over and over again and right it would if i played it the same way like i had some strategies that just right. killed. Yeah. And if I played it the same way over and over again, uh, they would, after would a learn. while, after a while it seemed like it would try a different Approach. attack strategy. And sometimes it would, you know, devastate me. Right. I still always won because I had adopted, you know, some alternative strategies that if they came at me in a different way, right. I, I would be able to recoup. Sure. But, but it did seem to, to. But you don't know if it was just random chance. In other words, was that a strategy it adopted randomly? Right. Or was it? Did it realize that I was setting up defenses in a certain way? And right. Well, I feel like with Command and Conquer, it's probably random. Yeah. You know, it tries a certain strategy. Maybe it tries it again. Tries it again. Switches it up. Tries it again. Right. You know, switches it up, switches it up, tries it again. I mean, I would play it on hard, you know, the hardest s level. Right. And I thoroughly killed it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't even fun anymore. I've just it, dominated it, it, it so completely. It's kind of got not fun anymore. Yeah. Well, see, the thing is, is like with Halo, it's a little bit... I mean, it's tricky because... You'll be so like, for instance, I was playing. The, I'm playing the final level, you know, okay. and so 
uh, clearly it's supposed to be the hardest level. Um, and I'm just, I, I played the same, like, three second thing just over and over again. Because what happens is, is as you're playing the game, you hit these checkpoints. What's this guy, what's this, what's this jackass pulling? What's going on here? Uh, he looked like he was about to come out into your lane, but... On a cell phone, of course. Yep. And did a Yui. Nice. A dangerous about, one, right this? in the front of an oncoming... Uh, yeah. How about this feller? Uh, this feller's doing yard work or something. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, because what happens in Halo is you hit these little checkpoints, and as you hit these checkpoints, when you die, you'll just respawn right from that from that checkpoint. Sure. So, but sometimes you die really quickly afterwards. You can you're in a crappy checkpoint. Yeah, because you're in a crappy situation. So, uh, my checkpoint happened just as I ran out of ammo for one gun. And my other gun was a shotgun, which is short range, so it's pretty much useless unless the guy's standing right in front of you. Uh... And and I'm about to head into a room full of guys. So what I do is my I would respawn, get the hell out of there, uh, go yeah. pick up some different weapons, come back in and make an attempt. But the thing is, is like it's the hardest level. It is literally the last room of the game. So it's just filled with you know monsters uh, you yeah. have to kill, uh, aliens rather, and. Uh, and I just get slaughtered every time I go in there. So I just start adopting new strategies like, oh, maybe I'll go over here and try and hide right, behind right, this right. thing for a little while. See how that works out. Right. You know? And then finally I was able to make it through the to whole find thing. Find a strategy yeah. that worked. But like like I said, the AI becomes predictable at a certain point. So I know that like... They're going to do this. If I wait for a little bit, the guys that are in the room where I can duck into are going to wander out into the the main room and that'll give me a place to go okay and I knew that and I know that like if I'm fighting an elite if I throw a grenade they automatically dive either left or right so if I can just throw a grenade even if I don't hit them with the grenade it gives me some time to do some damage while they're rolling around on the ground gotcha you know so <clears throat> well uh, you know Diablo is a bit like that and I can remember dying and being respawned Right. And some, you know, just, you know, 50 uh, attackers, right. you know, surrounding you. And you had to go back and get your gear. Right. You know, you'd be spawned a couple feet away. Hey, what was that game you were playing? Hell's Gate? Something like that? Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, that was a little bit like WoW, as I recall. Probably a little more. I think your sister was trying, she got that for me. She was trying to ease me into the WoW world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> didn't uh, work, though. It didn't work. I did like Hellgate, though. That was fun. Yeah. It w was it a Blizzard game? Uh, yeah, I think so. Speaking of Blizzard, uh, Diablo 3 coming out soon. I know. I know. Very exciting. Oh, exciting Jesus, it, How long has it been they've been working on it? Oh, t I mean, since Diablo 2. <laughs> well, Probably. That uh, That's like saying... <laughs> that's like saying, uh, uh, you know, when, when uh, they ask... Lenny Bruce, how come artificial vomit sold so well? He said, uh, same reason artificial dog shit sells so well. Nice. It's sort of a non-answer. 
That's uh, clever on his part. Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, Diablo 3, I'm, I am excited for that. I wonder, I wonder what it's going to be like. You know what I mean? I mean, I watched some of the, they were doing a panel at BlizzCon or one of the BlizzCons or something like that. They were showing some of the artwork. And it looks pretty impressive. This is the Diablo? Yeah. But, you know, the artwork is funny. I mean, the artwork can be very impressive and then the game can be lame. I mean, uh, the game can be lame, although I mean Blizzard. I mean they just no, they make a damn lame. good game. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't really it's funny how I found Diablo interesting, but I didn't like World of Warcraft. I don't, I'm not intrigued by World. Yeah, Warcraft. well, Diablo is a lot different uh, gameplay wise. You know. <coughs> I guess so. Yeah. Uh, because uh, I mean, how does it work? I I forget because it's been a little while since I played Diablo two, but you click on a guy, and all of a sudden you're fighting him. Did that him. guy just spit at us? I don't know. Fuck him. Did he? I, I think he may have just spit out his car and happened to be going by us when he did it, but that was gross. Yeah. Spit. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, But, uh, yeah, so you click on a guy and you're fighting him, right? Uh, Yeah. And then any spells you cast or cast on that one guy. Yeah, you, you essentially you because you, you have an attack mode readied and you have a spell mode readied. Right. Your left click button is your attack. Right. Your right click button is oh, your spell. Oh, right. And you right click to cast the spell on whatever you're right clicking on. It could be sure. all the way across. You know, it sure. could be on the other end of the screen. But yeah, I remember now. Yeah. See, that's a great gameplay because it's it's super simple. I like you simple. Know, and you I'm a simple man. I right. need simple gameplay. Right. And so you don't need I don't, to be I don't a, need my play to be complicated. Right. See, yeah. WoW gets... I'm not a chess player. WoW, like, in Hell's Gate, is a lot more involved, you know? Like, I, I remember you in Hell's Gate having to, like, there were... Spell, there was a spell bar at the bottom, right? Uh, of things you could do? Yeah, although it did work a lot like... Diablo. Diablo, in the sense that you readied an attack and you readied a spell. Right. Oh, God damn it. That's that's hilarious. It's fucking damn it. God damn. You haven't spilled a bunch of coffee on your pants for ages. I know. It's been a while. Yeah. That's a great gag. I think it never it's fails to amuse me. <laughs> it's because I'm, I'm usually super cautious because I'm holding the computer on my lap, but I must have let my, let my guard down mm. for too long. Um. So wait, Hell's Gate, you ready to spell? You ready to attack? And you would, you would attack? Yeah. Really? Yeah, pretty much. Hmm. I mean, the, the only difference I would say is that with with Diablo, what's it's more important the strength of the attack that you've built up. Right. With Hell's Gate, it's more important that you've readied the correct attack for the situation you're going into. Right, okay. So depending on who you're fighting and those kind of things. I see. Uh, and you can also use... You have variations on the attack. So, for example, let's say you've you've readied a... I, I don't even know if this exists, but let's say you've readied like a lunge attack okay. with a sword. Uh, you, can, you can just click on the, the critter you're trying to attack, right. and it'll do the lunge attack. But you can also click and hold another button and it becomes a jumping lunge. 
or something. You oh, know, like, okay. like there are variations on the actual attack that you can do. Gotcha. And sometimes you got things swarming, swirling around up above you, and you need to jump up and get them. Right. And if you just try to attack, you, you can't reach them. Gotcha. Okay. So there's a little more complication in the, you know, it's taking that simple Diablo format of right and left click to attack and cast spells, right. and it's added some complications to it. Right, okay. Uh, yeah, well, I hope the uh, I hope Diablo 3 is a little bit more like uh, Diablo... I, I hope it's a lot like Diablo 2 in the sense that, you know, it's just easy, you're ready a spell... Yeah, me too. Spell. And you build your character up to strength until you finally go against de- the devil. Yeah. Right, exactly. And that's, that's, nice. that's how it should work. So slowly but surely, you're getting more strength, more spell power, and stronger weapons. Right. Uh, you know, when I say it like that, I don't like the game anymore. <laughs> Sounds like a stupid fantasy kids game. It, it kind of is. Yeah, when I say it like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know you're going to play it anyway, though. I will. Yeah. I will, because I'm a bit of a stupid kid sometimes. <laughs> but but nevertheless, uh, I, I, I don't like to think of it like that. That's funny, huh? Yeah, that's yeah. that's interesting. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, anyway, I was looking at, you know, they were doing some of the character walkthroughs and stuff like that and just... You know, showing the areas where the first attacks are and nice. stuff like that. You ever read fantasy novels? I tried. Uh, I couldn't really get into them. There's one that I got into that was uh, that was fairly good. I read uh, this book. I think it's by Garth Nix. Uh, it's called uh, Sabriel, something like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I know those. And uh, yeah. that's a pretty cool one about a necromancer and her dad goes missing and she's got a walk into, you know, she's got to go into this magical land, uh, sure. you know, to go find him, and, you know, she's... Uh, I could never get behind fantasy. Uh, I just, it didn't interest me at all. And I tried, because, you know, that, I, like, I, you know, I've always been a person, you know, people look at the science fiction genre. Right. Which I really like, particularly space science fiction. Yep. Uh, and they, they poo-poo the genre. Sure. Same with uh, detective, you know. I mean, right. anything that's sort of a, a narrow genre, people sort of badmouth. Mm-hmm. You know, people who pretend to believe, you know, read serious literature. Right. No, although, serious although, literature. Although now that I say that out loud, it sounds absurd as well. Yeah. And it is. Yeah. Because there's some great science. You know, Kurt Vonnegut is, you know, essentially science fiction in a lot of his books. Right. Um, Stanislaw Lem was science fiction, uh, and Ray Bradbury wrote some pretty fine literature. Right. Anyway, all that to say that that when I you know I think what about, about Ambrose various, Pierce? Uh, I would say he was war fiction and horror. Really? Yeah. Really? And he wrote some satire, too, because he wrote the Devil's Dictionary and stuff like that. Right. Oh, okay. <coughs> um, who am I thinking of? Who are you thinking of? Any, a- Isaac Asimov? That's the one. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wouldn't put him down as I mean, brilliant he, literature. 
I, I mean, the iRobot books are pretty good. Clever science fiction. Yeah. Clever science fiction. Not brilliant literature. Right. In a funny way. I mean, I really like Asimov, and uh, but I would I would say Arthur C. Clarke is a better literary writer. Right. Uh, you know, he's thinking it, it's the the craft of his writing is is better. It's still funny enough, a little bit dry, but uh, but he his his uh, the way he weaves his story together is quite clever, okay. and it, and it takes some real skill. Uh, Asimov is much more about the idea that he's writing about. Well, yeah, I mean, he takes a more philosophical approach I mean, to... I mean, I guess it's the difference between a, uh, a Booker Award and kind of a Nobel Literature Prize. Nobel Prizes seem to be given for creative literary technique. Right. And creative ideas. Uh, and Booker Awards tend to be given for beautiful, well-written literature. Okay. So I would separate it up in that sense. Alright, so I'd say Gazimov would be a Nobel. If he was, yeah, if he was on the award path, it would be more for Nobel. Okay. For clever, sort of uh, interesting uh, ideas. Interesting literary tricks and devices or clever story twists. Okay. You know. Gotcha. Uh, and that's really that's broad. I mean, that's really a broad characterization of both those those ideas. Um, but uh, but science and, and so you know, like I I look at those those narrow genres, and I, and I was always sort of I felt that a lot of this. I guess it's because of the subject matter, mm-hmm. the fantasy subject matter just never really appealed to me. Yeah. Um, Science fiction was different in the sense that it's it it was more plausible in my mind with regards to suspending my disbelief because because all you really need for the impossible technologies that they have is time right and it's and it right exactly and good science fiction in my opinion used techniques that were plausible right you know that were that may be highly theoretical but right. nevertheless were within the realm of plausibility okay and even the and and the 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 great benefit of science fiction is is that it allowed you to put you know certainly from Ray Bradbury's and 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 Isaac Asimov's perspective and a lot of good science fiction of Heinlein's perspective put you used the extreme nature of uh, science fiction. So, for example, like you know, even if you looked at it today, like if uh, if uh, you know a uh, 16th century writer were writing about cars traveling around the world, it would be so unusual for his times and his characters. You know, it would be totally plausible because, in fact, it's what transpired sure. ultimately. But but it was it would be imp. You know, if you put suddenly dumped automobiles into the middle of the 16th century, it would freak folks out a bit. Yeah. And it would push them to their extremes. And in their extremes, you can explore the subtleties of what it means to be human. 
Right. And that's what I find science, good science fiction does. It puts you in extreme situations, puts, puts folks in extreme situations so they can explore the subtleties of what it means to be human. Interesting. Right. Deep. And I, <laughs> and I also find, I find that a lot of good genres do that. Yeah. You know, I find that uh, detective novels do that if they're well, well written. Yes. They're pushing the boundaries of what humans will do to each other, essentially. Right. Uh, and, and they're also uh, exploring uh, the sort of uh, clever ideas. You know, they use that, that sort of uh, well, Sherlock Holmes, that Arthur Conan Doyle trick of, you know, using clever, uh, uh, what would you call it, forensic techniques or diagnostic techniques to come up with difficult answers to unusual questions, anyway. Right. Yeah. And so I like that genre. But with, 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 with fantasy, because the whole shitstorm is made up, right. I relate to it less. Right, okay. Yeah, and it's it's got to be more story-based at that point. Right, and a lot even, of them have shitty stories. It's not even... Right, it's not even necessarily... Uh, ha, ha, you know, th- there's no basis for me to relate to it. It it would be like if you wrote a science fiction story with no human beings in it. Everybody was aliens. Right. That would be just as much unrelatable to me as a fantasy novel. Now, it's not that everything has to relate back to me. I'm not that narcissistic but okay well I'm fairly narcissistic but I'm not that narcissistic I can read a book about somebody else and be interested in it okay um I can't <laughs> but if but if uh, if none of the if the if they're truly alien if they're truly alien and have alien characteristics nothing to do with humanity then it's difficult for me to become interested in their story because it's all made up. Right. You know, now if it were real, if it were, you know, we were learning about you an like alien a little culture. Dose of, you like a little dose of truth with your fiction? Well, I just think that that's what, that's what draws you into a maybe good some novel. Fiction, maybe some fiction with a little truth frosting? I just think little that... Little truth sprinkles. <laughs> little truth sprinkles. I think that, that, that uh, humanity is what draws you into a novel. Okay. Uh, you know, it's humanity. It, it, you know, it's a, good novels are about us. Right. You know, they're what, and and I don't mean okay. I well, don't mean have me. You ever I mean us as a people, as a as a human. You know. Okay. Well, did you ever read a fantasy book that you liked? <sighs> you like the Tolkien books? No, I really? don't. And I've tried, and I read The Hobbit to you, probably. Yeah. Uh, Even I wasn't falling for The Hobbit. No, and I. I you know, it's funny. It came on the TV the other day, and you were watching it. Right. And uh, I'd say it's a more compelling movie than it is a book. Yes, as most fantasy is. Yeah. Uh, because it can also be visually entertaining. Right. Uh, so it has another element to it. Um. Although I think you know, I mean, Tolkien tried to use, you know, tried to build sort of human. Uh, you know, human, uh, what do you want to call them, attributes mm-hmm. into his Hobbit characters. Uh, they were Hobbits, ultimately. 
and so I, I don't I just I never got drawn in and also I felt his descriptions were a little dry and long-winded yes like to get to the action you had to peel off lots of layers of description and backstory and history and uh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. there's a lot of that so they seemed a little dry to me yeah okay um did you ever read tried to read Marion Zimmer Bradley Miss of Avalon which people swear by and love the thing yeah could not not for you get into it how about Harry Potter no not really interested in Harry Potter now I will say that Harry Potter does have uh you know there's a human element so uh, what's the element but in they're Harry always shitting on the humans yeah you're a fucking human no magical powers what an ass you are you're like, what's okay, that? we're a bunch of asses. You guys are great. We suck. Oh so what's what's so compelling about Because, I mean, any, you know, even people who don't like fantasy and don't like even reading that much love Harry Potter. So what's Harry Potter got that most fantasy novels don't, you think? Uh, well, the one thing that I do like about uh, Harry is, is that he's got a compelling storyline. Sure. Uh, so, you know, they've built up a fairly good, uh, just sort of base story. Right. Uh, in the sense that I think you're rooting for Harry. Right. They built a sympathetic character. Okay. Uh, but it's not a sympathetic character I can relate to. Okay. Personally, I know people do. Right. Uh, but I guess you have to have a bit of a... I, th- I think it's, it, it addresses uh, emotions, and for my opinion, right. okay, not for a lot of people, but for my opinion, it, it balances emotions w- way heavier than intellect. You really got to suspend your intellect to enjoy Harry Potter because the shit don't make sense. Right. right, and so. But again, it doesn't have to. It's fantasy. It doesn't have to because it's fantasy, right? And maybe that's my problem with fantasy. Maybe it's a, a question of balance, yeah. and it's just my sensibility, and that's perfectly fine. Right. You know, I mean, there's some people who don't like to read science fiction because it it's too technical. Right. You know, don't bog me down with the technical crap. Yeah, I Ooh, guess. What's going on here? I guess that I looks yellow. That's what the problem is, because yep. somebody's flipped it open. Yeah. Uh, I guess. Uh, yeah, I've only read really one series of fantasy novels that I really like, and it's that Garth Nix stuff. Uh, I like the I like the Harry Potter books. Okay. Uh, I mean, I liked them as much as the next person, probably. You know, well, you a lot of people. A them, lot of people. You? Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. reading them. They were nice, light reading. Yeah. Aimed uh, more at the heart than the head. Huh? Aimed more at the heart than the head. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but I'd say those are the only two. Other than that, I can't really stand. Uh, I can't stand uh, fantasy for the most part. Well, it's not that I can't stand it. It's just that I, you know, like you, I find it boring. You know. Yeah. I don't need it. Yeah, I it's, just can't uh, seem to get. I can't seem to get into the. I, I, you know what? It's that every fucking time I'm having to be like, okay, so what's the premise here? Some people can do magic and other people can't. Everyone can do magic. Can can 
can uh, do they have to do magic uh, in their head first <laughs> and then it comes out their fingertips or you know like right. what's you know what's the premise here what's the what's the logic behind the magic I'll tell and you I, what the, okay. and I have to figure it out each fucking time right, you know because right, right. it's always different it's never really the same yeah, there's no, like, vampire logic, there's sort of a vampire logic. Yeah, and even, you know, that lady fucked that up with her goddamn Twilight books. Yeah, yeah now violent, now, uh, now vampires can be attractive, and they don't want to suck your blood, and they, they can go oh, out What kind of sunlight. crap is that? Yeah, some sort of shitty, half-assed vampire. That doesn't make any sense. Yep. Let's get to work. All right.